love you, Lord. We love you. And Father God, as I was watching our video today, I come to you in prayer because your triumph overshadows our failures, our mistakes, our messes up, our sin. Father God, we just want to come to you and worship today to tell you we love you and we thank you for that. Father God, I pray for every person who's walked in this door today with a brokenness. Father God, with a fear, a worry, an addiction, a healing that they're waiting for, to let them know that your kingdom come, your will be done. And you've got everything well in hand. We are to be still and know that you are God. And I ask them today, Father God, that just your Holy Spirit be upon them that while they're in their waiting, they experience your presence, their worship space with you at this moment. That they experience an intimacy with you that they've never experienced before. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit, and we love you, Lord Jesus. And it is in your precious name, the name of Jesus, we all say, Amen.
Good morning. My name is Stefan. For those of you who've never met me before, I don't think there are many of you there. But I want to welcome you to Renovation this morning. If this is your very first time visiting with us, uh, welcome, welcome. I want to challenge you and invite you to hang five. Here's what I mean. Hang five. Just come and hang out with us for five times. Doesn't have to be specifically in a row. And we're not going to count for you. But feel free to just come and join us. Spend some time with us. This is going to give us an opportunity to get to know you, but also for you to get to know us and hang out with us. Uh, in the back of your seats, there might be uh, connect cards. Uh, that would be a way also to connect with you uh, in the future if you would like to put some information on those, uh, including uh, any prayer need that you may have. We would love to pray for you. Uh, so use those cards and uh, you have an opportunity to put those cards in the baskets uh, around communion time. Now, uh, this morning I feel extremely relaxed because as some of you know, uh, I am pretty good at faking uh, playing a few uh, musical instruments. And uh, one of them is a bass guitar. I've tried it several times and you said it was great. Uh, so I, I faked it pretty well. Uh, but uh, we have uh, a bass, a real bass player. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that, but Doug Sturgeo is uh, playing with us, and I hope he'll play more and more with us. So we just want to welcome him uh, as, uh, as part of uh, that team. Uh, just great opportunity. But I, I, always enjoy, I always enjoy hearing a little bass in the background, and, uh, uh, or even more. So anyway... That was my uh, personal excitement this morning. Hey, how, how many of you were there last week for the potluck? Okay, good, good. I feel good now because, man, we had a good time. Do we want to do this again? Oh, okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. It was a lot of good food, and uh, you invite me for fruit, I'll come. So I have to admit to you. All right. Um, very briefly, next Saturday... Well, let me ask you, are you part of the FFN? The FFN? No? You are? Yes? No? No? Yes? Okay. The Fun and Fellowship Night. That's what I meant. You thought it was a political party or something. No. It's a FFN. Uh, it's next Saturday at 4 o'clock, right? Okay. So just fun and games, some, some light food as well. I was there the first time. I got a lot of excitement. I shared this with you because I won a game. And uh, I got a little scared I might lose the next time, so I skipped. But uh, I want to encourage you to be there on Saturday uh, for this just great time of hanging out together. There's no agenda or no specific, uh, you know, study or any specific effort that you need to be making. It's just to be around and to hang out together, have some fun. Uh, I don't see, do I see any kids? Are kids going to go? Are they going to go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You want to come up or you're just going to go? Eh. How many other? Or oh, if you feel like a kid, that would be fine too. Oh, well, let's, let's pray for our kids. There's one kid this morning. <laughs> precious, precious. All right. Let's see who's here. Hey, good morning. What's your name? 
Logan, it's good to see. How old are you? Four. You're four? Oh, my goodness. And you're first grade already? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. How about we pray? Well, dear God, we just thank you for this morning and uh, the kids and grown-up kids and everybody that you brought in. Uh, we pray for uh, the teacher and for the kids that uh, you give them a good time of learning uh, and fun. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Which makes me think, since I see Christy here, uh, Christy, can you come up? Like, we haven't heard from the Sunday school for a while. Like, can you just come up and give us a little update? What's going on with the Sunday school? Good morning. Um, as you can see, well, we had one today, but we have had a a big group up here before, you know, we're, uh, we're missing a few this morning, but uh, we, we have a, a wide range of kids. We've got Logan, who's four, and we've got, um, we've got some fifth graders, and when the crew kids are here, we've got a sixth grader, and we've got all ages from 11 to, what, one, right, one, um, Tyler's one, so they're, they're keeping us busy, and we've got, currently we've got two classes um, going. We've got one with the kindergarten to the fifth grade, and then we've got the toddlers. And uh, we're just doing whatever we can to keep them happy and also to grow them in God's love and let them know that God loves them and that um, God's there for them. And just to teach them some of the Bible, um, you know, passages and verses. And we do all kinds of activities and we have all kinds of fun up there. Yeah. So do they have separate rooms? or They do right now, I, yes. You know, sometimes I think because we're on this side of the building, we lose a little bit of the connection there. Mm -hmm. I don't even think, well, maybe a lot of us have never been there. Yes. Seen anything from that side of the building. Right. So separate rooms for the different. Yes, the older kids who need more movement um, from kindergarten to fifth grade go upstairs and we've got a, like a clubhouse up there if you've never seen it you should stop by and see it we've got it um, pretty well decorated and they feel like right at home there and then our toddlers are downstairs oh, and a little deal. playroom good deal good deal mm -hmm. so how are we doing on uh, teachers and everything uh, right now we do have a bit of a need as you know our family is growing um, we have just had an, another baby. Welcome yeah, to our family. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. We're so excited. Yes. And um, then we also have our other family. How old is the other little baby? Um, oh, he's a few months old. Yeah, he's like, yeah. what, three months old now, yeah, Shana? three or something. Two three or three, months old. yeah. Yeah, so we need uh, volunteers who l would like to babysit and just hold babies if you feel like that's something you would like to do we we desperately need you know someone who would like to do that oh specifically yes. for the little ones the little ones and okay. if you're interested in teaching the older ones we could always use teachers upstairs you know because right now it's andy and myself we take turns okay. um but we would love to share them with you if you have a passion to work with kids they they surprise you every time you're with them, and you learn just as much as they do. Trust me. Okay. So let's say if, if I wanted to get involved, what do I need to do? I'll just speak to me or speak to Andy, and uh, we'll see oh, what you, you know, what Are you're interested in. Are you going to be here after the service? I am. Oh, good, good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if anybody wants to talk to uh, Christy, um, you'll be around maybe the yes. uh, yeah, right info there. desk or right. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, well, good deal. Hey, thank, thank you for you. sharing. Thank you. That's very nice of you. And thank you, guys. Uh, I hope you can go and talk to Christy, see if uh, there's yeah. a way you can get involved in this. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Uh-huh. Thanks. And we, we had a picture. Hey, can we have this picture again, Cindy? Hey, a lot of you know Elizabeth. She's serving. <laughs> you kind of see her on Sundays, but not quite because she's typically in the back. So you, you might see just uh, part of a head uh, just sticking out there because she serves on the media and tech team most of the time when she's here. But uh, as you know, she was pregnant. We were praying for her. She had some uh, difficulties, health-related uh, situations in the last several weeks. Uh, and we've been praying fervently for her. And uh, here's the result. So it's a time for celebrating, celebrating this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from Psalm 139. We just want to uh, celebrate also through God's Word and remember what God is doing through us and for us. Psalm 139, just a portion. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Amen. Amen. We celebrate with Elizabeth and Kevin. And uh, this will be a time for us also to really love on them in the next days and weeks and uh, months ahead. Uh, get their phone number. Uh, send them a text message. Give them a call. Just, just greet them. Congratulate them. Uh, ask them if they need anything specifically. Uh, that's how we want to nurture those young families and encourage them. Maybe have more babies. I don't know. For the future. That's natural growth, I guess, for the church as well. All right. Well, we have uh, Lauren with us this morning again. And without too much introduction, she's going to... Uh, I was hoping to say something, but you're already good with it. <laughs> so she's going to talk to us this morning. Thank you, Stefan. Good morning. Got some props today. This is my husband, Ryan. I love him so much. We hope so. We got married April 2017, and we're still in the honeymoon stage. Right? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be in the honeymoon stage for another 10 years. Anyway, good morning, and welcome to Renovation Vineyard. If this is your first time here, I'm glad to be here. My name is Lauren, and I come from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach. So I love being a part of the Vineyard family because we are the Vineyard family. Just because we're 20 minutes down the road, I feel like you guys over the months, I mean, I've been preaching here every month since... March. I really feel your compassion and your kindness and your generosity. And whenever I talk about Renovation Vineyard, I'm like, that church 
praise. They are a church that will just keep praying and praying, and I know they're going to pray. If I ask them to pray, they're going to pray. You guys remember in April when Ryan and I went to England and Africa with Doug Dorman? Doug has been here several times. He's actually in England right now. So if you think about him, pray for Doug as he does training for different pastors and teaches at different churches. But Doug was really brave enough to bring Ryan and I on that trip. It was an almost two-week voyage. Doug had encouraged Ryan and I to, well, mostly I, to try and only bring a carry-on bag. And if you know me, you know I love clothes. So I really had to narrow down what I did not need for the trip. So I started with my entire closet and eventually worked backwards. Eventually, I got it down so I could fit everything in a carry-on bag. Doug had encouraged us to only bring a carry-on just to prevent lost luggage, aid in flexible travels, and most of all, so that we didn't have to wait in line at baggage claim. Amen? Amen. Well, in 2012, the New York Times came out with an article about the Houston airport facing some customer complaints. Passengers were complaining about the long waits at baggage claim. We've all been there waiting minutes on end for our bags to get tossed into the carousel. So in order to shorten the wait for customers, the Houston airport hired some baggage handlers. They got the wait down to eight minutes. Pretty good. It was ahead of the industry standard. But this is something that they noticed. No one was complaining about the short walk to baggage claim. They were just complaining about waiting for their bags once they got there. So here is what the Houston airport did. It's genius, really. They moved the arrival gates further from baggage claim so that they wouldn't have to wait on their bags as long, but they would just have to walk much further. <laughs> but guess what? It solved the problem. People started complimenting the airport because their bags were waiting for them. And this is something that they discovered was really important. It's what you do while you're waiting which makes a difference. In this New York Times article, they interviewed Richard Lawson, who was widely considered to be the world's foremost expert on line waiting. How you get that title, I have no idea. But this is what Lawson said. He said, the problem people have with waiting is that they don't have anything meaningful to do while they wait. It's what you do while you're waiting which makes a difference. The Houston airport executives gave the passengers something to do in between. Getting off the plane and picking up their luggage. They simply gave them a little exercise. So this morning, I want to talk about living in between. You know, as Christians, we have been given this new identity in Christ. 
When we follow Jesus, we are restored for the better. And then we are given a promise that we will be in eternity forever in God's kingdom. But wait a minute, God's kingdom, what does that mean? Is that for later? Is that now? Is it invading? Is it breaking in? God's kingdom, have you ever really thought about that? It gets a little confusing. But when we in the Western world hear kingdom talk, I think we think of kings and queens ruling in an empire somewhere far off. So what does it mean when Jesus said that God has a kingdom and that scripture says that God's kingdom has come near? You know, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God all the time in the Bible. But God's kingdom was not limited to a physical country or a town or a landmass. Rather, God's kingdom was talked about this rule and reign over heaven and earth, over all things invisible and visible. And so one of the most challenging questions I think the Christian faith is confronting is if Jesus really was who he said he was, And if Jesus really was the long-awaited Jewish Messiah, and Jesus 2,000 years ago died on the cross to absorb the evil of this world, then why? Why is our world in such bad shape? Why cancer? Why poverty? Why racism? Why inequality? Why aren't the poor treated with dignity? Why, why, why? And perhaps this question of why has also crossed your mind. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, God, your kingdom come, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are saying, God, if you ran everything, Jesus, if your will was done everywhere, God, we want to pray that right now. And here's the mystery of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here with us right now in our midst. God is with us. But God hasn't replaced every other kingdom. You see, the will of God is being done, yes, but so is the will of sinful men. And so is the will of sinful women. And so is the will of Satan. So in this age today, it's like we are all running on parallel tracks. God's will is being done, but so are other wills. I love what Rich Nathan, a vineyard pastor in Columbus, Ohio, says. He says, when Jesus returns... Creation is no longer going to be running on parallel tracks. Creation is going to be running on a monorail. Because one day, Jesus is going to have God's will fully rule and reign. That is our future hope. That is what we look towards. But what about today? You know, when Jesus was on earth, he talked about the kingdom as both a now and a not yet. So in other words, it was like Jesus was talking about the kingdom invading this earth 
through his ministry, but then we would see in scripture that Jesus talks about this far out, this future kingdom where God will one day rule and reign. In the vineyard, we call this living between the times. Or I'm sure you're familiar with the already but not yet, right? So we as humans live in this tension between the kingdom touching us now, touching this church, touching our cities, touching our towns, but we also live in the tension that it will one day be fully revealed here. So the kingdom of God is already, but it's not yet. It's now, but it's not fully. It's sort of like a white picket fence. You have an upright, and then you have a gap. You have an upright, and then you have a gap. Now you see it. Now you don't. Here it is, but not yet. It's both and. The kingdom of God is already, but it's not yet. So in the vineyard movement, we embrace this tension. While we believe that the kingdom of God can invade at any moment in our lives, not everyone will experience the kingdom of God the way that we want for them. Some Christians respond to this dynamic tension by saying that the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation today. That miracles don't exist. That the Spirit gave Jesus those for his day, but there are no miracles today. While there's another group of people that respond to this tension by ignoring the reality that suffering exists in our world. And so for this group, any unanswered prayer reveals a lack of faith in us. So in the vineyard, we choose to respectfully step away from both of those extremes as we live in this interim time because we rejoice when someone experiences the miracle of healing. We celebrate, we come alongside, but we also grieve when someone is ill or someone is sick. It's both end. It's both end. Scripture tells us one day all things will be made new. Amen? Amen. The disciple John describes a vision he had about our future hope in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. 
Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. One day we will not cry and mourn and grieve. One day God will wipe every tear from the broken heart end. One day there will be 21-year-olds like me who experienced my father dying at an early age will not have to grieve that. One day addicts will be set free. And this is the day that we cling to. It's the day that Isaiah prophesied would come. There will be no more innocent lives enslaved in the sex trafficking industry. Racism will be abolished. God will one day right this teetering world, full of hope, full of stability. So what if, church, what if we stopped asking why? And we started asking where? Where is the kingdom today? I think too often we miss God invading our earth. I think too often we miss the signs of the kingdom because we are just too busy. We are too distracted by our own personal worries. Or we are overwhelmed with the pain in the world. But you know, the kingdom that Jesus declared here was and still is active today We just need the discipline to look for the signs of the kingdom being made manifest on this earth. So where and when is God's kingdom being made manifest in the darkness? It's being made manifest when miracles happen, when lame walk, when blind see, when the poor are treated with dignity, when there are acts of generosity, when you extend a hand of forgiveness. You guys see that stuff. I know you do. That's the kingdom being made manifest in the darkness. And so every time we see it, we need to name it. And we need to highlight it. And we need to remind ourselves and each other that Jesus is king. We are kingdom people. And that one day, Jesus' kingdom will come and reign and be full of life and full of light. So what does this mean for you today? Well, Jesus commissioned his disciples to, to do the same things that he was doing. Jesus never meant for his miracles to end with him. So Jesus says, hey, disciples, you're going to go proclaim You're going to go preach. You're going to go demonstrate. You're going to go do these things that I was doing with the Holy Spirit. So this ragtag bunch of fishermen, tax collectors, Jewish laymen were participating with Jesus in the revealing of the kingdom. Guess what? You too get to participate in the revealing of the kingdom. You know, Jesus didn't put you on this earth to just sit around a baggage claim and wait for your bags to get tossed into the carousel. You get to participate because you as a Christian are a sent one. So there's actually no more waiting at baggage claim. 
You get to participate in what God is doing. So I'm going to draw you a picture so that kind of makes more sense. When I was on InterVarsity staff, I was given a lot of great tools and resources. One of my favorite resources was the, was the Four Worlds Diagram. And this was a way to explain the gospel, but it fits really well with the kingdom of God. Okay, so they're not perfect circles. It's fine. This is you and I. God's original intention for this earth was that it was designed for good. We were in perfect relationship with God the Father. We were in perfect relationship with each other. And we were in perfect relationship with creation. So things were good, as Genesis says. Very good. Unfortunately, You and I, we got a little selfish. Evil came into the world through our own selfishness, brokenness, poverty. We said, God, we don't want you to rule and reign. We want to rule and reign. And so what happened? That actually severed our relationship with God. It severed our relationship with each other. That's why we have such a hard time getting along sometimes. Because we are selfish people. And it's also impacted our relationship with creation. Look around. It's not hard to see the problem areas. Thankfully, though, God said, hey, I'm not going to leave you in that mess. He could have. But instead... My people are getting funkier. But instead, God sent his son, Jesus, that actually brought our relationship from severed back into unity with God. That's why we can say, God, you're our father. Jesus, we're in relationship with you. We are walking in unity. Even though, yes, there is brokenness and sinfulness and evil, Jesus has given us hope where we didn't have hope before. But it doesn't end there either. Because we aren't just here on earth to say yes to Jesus and we're protected from the evil and we kind of put on a cozy blanket. We're actually... We're actually sent and empowered by the Holy Spirit to heal. God has given us the ability to go be sent ones, to be agents of change and transformation. We get to participate in God's global mission by being sent ones which gives us an incredible amount of hope and purpose and meaning. And so in the Vineyard family of churches, we believe that 
as Christians, we are commissioned. You are commissioned. And you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. So with Jesus, we get to bring God's presence to our neighborhoods, to our streets, to our workplaces. You know, Americans spend roughly 37 billion hours waiting in line every year. Waiting is like the timeless form of torture. That stress, that boredom, that nagging sensation that your life is slipping away. The last thing we want to do is wait around. So how crazy would it be if you knew God had given you a new identity in Christ and you were just waiting around at baggage claim for Jesus to return? How crazy would that be? Jesus has given you this new identity that you get to adopt. And then Jesus says, hey, I've sent you into the world to be sent once. And he's empowered you through the Holy Spirit. So if you are here today and you are tired of waiting around a baggage claim, you're like, God, I actually... I think that you are calling me into somewhere specific. Maybe it's a neighborhood. Maybe it's someone at your workplace. Maybe it's someone that you supervise. But if you sense that God is calling you to step into being a sent one, I want to pray for you that the Holy Spirit is going to empower you specifically this week. So if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand if you feel like the Lord is inviting you to step into being sent ones. Come on, you guys. Come on. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would just rest on you and that God would give you empowerment. Because you can't do this alone. Without Jesus, without Jesus' resources, we will be exhausted and we will be overwhelmed on our own. So let me pray for you that God does something incredible through your willingness to say yes to his great plan. So Father God, we invite your Holy Spirit to be with us right now. And I pray for my friends who are frankly tired of standing around and waiting at baggage claim. God, I pray that these brothers and sisters would realize that you have given them a new identity as a sent one and that they get to work alongside the Holy Spirit to bring love and hope and purpose, and meaning, and we get to be with Jesus doing what he called us to do. And so I pray that you would give my friends an opportunity this week to see your kingdom being made manifest in the darkness, that they would be able to name it and claim it and highlight it to not only remind themselves but to remind other people that, God, your kingdom is invading every day. Would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us the disciplines? God, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and love, and I pray that you would just bless this church in your strong and mighty name. The people of God said, amen. 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 Stefan, I want to invite you to come on up for communion. Thank you, guys.
Well, thank you, Lauren. Um, last week we had uh, a special guest, you remember, from Malaysia. She was with us visiting a young college student. Uh, today we have uh, a couple that's here, uh, came a long way. Um, the Word of God says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. We're glad for people like them. I'm going to invite them in just a second. Uh, who are ready and willing to go beyond Myrtle Beach, beyond South Carolina, beyond this country, but to another place, pretty far actually, so they can share the good news with people there. Uh, I'm going to invite Jason actually. Uh, he's always ready, right? Jason is always ready. I'm going to invite him to introduce them for us very brief. Can you do this in a few words, Jason? Can you try? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, come on up. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yes, uh, and the nice thing is our, this church supports my daughter and son-in-law, Andy and Tina Bell, and uh, they've been in Indonesia for 27 years, almost 28, actually. Uh, however, they have grandchildren and children here now, so they, we get to see them a little more often. But... Uh, I just would like to have Andy come up and just uh, basically explain uh, what they're doing there. And uh, as you know, Indonesia is uh, over 260 million people. It's the largest Muslim country in the world. So they can't go over as missionaries per se. They have to have a function that they can possibly do. And Andy will explain maybe a little bit of that in his, uh, in his talk. So... Without further ado, uh, I'd just like to have Andy and uh, Tina express uh, their thoughts and uh, the uh, thanks for their support of this church. Well, thank you, and uh, good morning. And um, I'm struck just in uh, reflecting on Lauren's message. Uh, Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations, and then the end shall come. And it's a great illustration. We're not to be people waiting at the carousel. God's given us a, a purpose. A, he, he has sent us out to preach the gospel to all nations. And that word nations means ethne. It's not countries, but it's tribes, peoples, tongues, and nations. And so the Lord put it on our heart uh, to, to, be, uh, to be called to uh, Muslim peoples, and specifically in Indonesia. So uh, I, I, the beauty of this is that as we go, we go as your representatives. As you're partnering with us and praying for us and supporting us, you, you truly are as a congregation going. We wish we could sort of bring you right to the context where we are, 7 million Muslim people without the gospel, and bring you into communities where people are hearing about uh, Isa al-Masih, uh, Jesus Christ in Arabic for the first time. So Tina and I just really want to communicate a heartfelt uh, gratitude to you. I love it and so grateful that you're a praying church, and we have experienced that as well. And ask that you continue to pray, because this work is completely not possible by the hands of man. This, this, this is 
just as in our own context, this is where the, the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit alone can bring lost Muslims to Christ. And he's doing it, and we want to see it further that, indeed, uh, that would be fulfilled and Christ would return at that time. So thank you so much for your, your partnership and uh, supporting mom and dad as well. And uh, please continue to pray uh, for us, and we want to be diligent in, in getting you things to pray for. So thank you very much. Hey, thank you so much. We're just thankful. This is, this is a special favor from God for us to be able to welcome uh, people uh, like them to be here with us, uh, to be able to share with us, and also to send them back where they're going and uh, pray for them and support them and all that. Um, this is really in a nutshell. I'm sure you would want to hear a lot more about what they're doing and more specifics and just any story or anything. And you guys are going to be here after the service, right? Yeah. So I'm sure they would love to hang out with us for a little bit. And uh, I encourage each one of you, go to them, speak with them, ask any question. Uh, there's stuff that you've never heard in your life that you'll hear uh, from missionaries like them. So I want to encourage you. Um, at this time, though, I want to, uh, just as we do it every time we have uh, missionaries visiting with us, uh, I want to invite those of you who would want to come forward and lay hands on them. Uh, and pray for them. Uh, microphones will be out. Uh, I guess Shane and Blake can come and help us with that. And uh, let, let's just uh, extend our prayers to God for them. Uh, and then we're going to go into time of communion. Yes, as everybody uh, comes together... Uh, we would just ask the Lord's blessing that uh, he has shown to Andy and Tina. And uh, we just thank you, God, that uh, you have given them the opportunity, really, to uh, reach those that are uh, sometimes not reachable. And, uh, but, God, it's the Holy Spirit that works through them. It's not them. It's the Holy Spirit that works through them that creates... Uh, this situation there where they can uh, administer to the natives of that land and make those natives receptive to the um, generosities that you have given Andy and Tina, that they can understand that why would people leave a country and come over 12,000 miles away to, uh, to teach them or to show them the love that God has given uh, us and them through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for those that, are, that aren't reachable, that, but they can be reached through your Holy Spirit. So just guide them and direct them, give them uh, traveling mercies as they go back later on this month. And uh, we just I love them dearly. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for these two lovely people. We thank you for their hearts. We thank you for their willingness to obey, Lord, and just reach out in your name to those who have never heard of you, Lord, who have never seen the goodness that you have to offer, Lord. And I just pray that you will strengthen their hearts and their, give them a steadfast mind to continue to walk the walk and to talk the talk. 
and to bring that good news to those beautiful people over there that they also have the opportunity to know you and to receive your blessings. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, uh, yes, we thank you so much for Andy and Tina and for their, their love for these people in Indonesia. Thank you that you have poured your love into their heart by your Holy Spirit. And we just pray that you'll continue to give them strength, that you'll continue to provide, that you'll give them boldness. Jesus, we know you are the author and perfecter of our faith. We know that you draw those people to you. And we just pray that you will give them amazing opportunities to reach more and more so that we can have more brothers and sisters in your kingdom. So just give them a time of rest here. And just... I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just fall upon them and just fill them in amazing ways. Thank you. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we come to this time of communion, we think of how this kingdom started. started with the coming of Jesus, the inauguration of God's kingdom through his life, death, and resurrection. At this time of communion, we remember what God has done for each one of us, what God has done also for us as his church, as his bride. This is a time where we remember God's doing, not our efforts. Because we're here by God's grace. We are who we are because of what He did for us. My friends, as I always like to say, there's nothing you can do to deserve God's grace. There's no merit of your own that can gain anything for you. Except that God loves you. This has been our message ever since this church started. And this is not really our message. This is the message of God's Word, the Bible. God's revelation to us, which makes it very clear that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That No one, not even a single person would perish. But we would all have eternal life if we just turn to Him in faith. That's all we can do. A response to God, a response to what He has done. And even faith itself is a gift from God. So that's not even what we have gained or 
developed or merited or any of that. And this is what we remember as we come to take of the bread and the wine each Sunday as a church. We are reminded uh, by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this, this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's with that, expectations that, that expectation that we live our lives each day. That Jesus came and He inaugurated that kingdom of God. But uh, as Lauren shared with us, we're in between. We are interim people. We are waiting, eagerly waiting for His second coming. And now, dear God, we thank You for Your gifts of bread and wine. Those elements that rem remind us of what you have done for us. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you've made it so easy for us to come to you and to be restored to the right relationship with you. But it costs you your very own life. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for the forgiveness and renewal that you offer us. We thank you for the eternal life in your presence that you have promised us. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to experience this already here. You said your kingdom is already among us. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. This will be also the time to uh, put your gifts and offerings and tithes in those baskets as well as the connect cards. This morning we have Donna and Cookie who are going to serve. Everything's ready.
to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and with all the forevers and evers we say amen amen have a great Sunday <laughs>